copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Los Angeles Police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 106. Stand by to assist Captain Cato and Nick Harris on the special assignment. That's all. Rolls and quits. Friends, 
It is a privilege for me to present one of the finest private detectives in the world, Nick Harris, who has opened his private file to bring you tonight's broadcast to call it all cards. Ladies and gentlemen, Nick Harris. Thanks, Chief. And I could say a lot of nice things about you, too. And good evening, everyone. I'm very happy to participate in the fine work this broadcast is doing. During the many years I've been a detective, I have constantly carried on what might be called missionary work in my attempt to educate the public to the fact that crime does not pay. For this reason, I have watched with interest the splendid work calling all cars has been doing for the past two years along these same lines. I was more than pleased to cooperate when I was asked if I had some material we might use for these broadcasts. The story we selected to dramatize tonight is a strange one. The sort of a story you might expect from the pen of a Nedger Allen Poe or a Conan Doyle. Yet it all happened, just as you will hear. Had the mastermind of this criminal been employed upon a more legitimate enterprise, he might have made himself many times the fortune he hoped to gain by his illegal activities. The criminals are funny that way. They never seem to learn that apparently the easy way of the lawbreaker is inevitably the hardest way. We, who every day see the fallacy of the criminal's psychology, can only hope that through our educational activity, those who may be contemplating a crime may be deterred before it's too late by the realization of the idiocy of breaking the law. Our story begins on an August morning, several years ago, when I received a telephone call from Wesley Barr to the editor of the Los Angeles Evening House. West was somewhat excited. He told me he had a mission for me to solve and asked me to hurry over to the city room. Fifteen minutes after he called me, I was standing beside his desk. Well, Wes, what's on your mind? This note came in this morning's mail. Mm-hmm. What's it say? Listen, it's addressed to the city editor and it reads... If you will go to the Westlake district, you will find a man named Gavreau. When you find him, you will have the mastermind burglar. I am writing this to save some mother's innocent son. And it's signed, A Friend of Humanity. No, what do you think about it? Maybe it's a publicity stunt, some Hollywood press agent is pulling, and maybe it's on the up and up. Huh? I've got a hunch, it's on the level. Well, if it's a publicity gag, I don't want to be the ghost. And if it's legitimate, it's a matter for the police. So I thought I'd better send you out and get the lowdown. Okay, Wes. Only listen. If it turns out to be the real McCoy, you're giving me a scoop on it. Don't worry, Wes. You'll get it. Exclusive. So, Nick Harris details a couple of men to investigate the hotels and apartment houses in the Westlake District for a man named Gavreau. The officers play in luck. For the fifth place visited, they locate their man. An hour later, they are reporting to their chief. We found a fellow by the name of Gavreau, registered the El Capitan apartment in West Sixth, first name is George. Mm-hmm. What did you find out about him? Well, not much, but enough to sound suspicious. Yeah, the manager of the El Capitan says he's a queer one. What do you mean by that? Well, he comes here and goes out of strange time. Nobody knows anything about him. He keeps to himself all the time. Well, sounds worth following up. 
You boys go out there and settle that bird. Find out where he spends his time and why. Okay, Chief. Watching their man whenever he leaves his apartment, the shadows soon discover that he makes daily visits to a trunk factory on Main Street. They interview the manager of the establishment. Well, gentlemen, what can I do for you? You know a man by the name of Gavreau? George Gavreau? Yes, indeed. He's a customer of mine. What do you know about him? Oh, nothing much. Why do you ask? We're officers doing a little job of investigation. We want to find out something about the man. Mm. We'd appreciate your help. Well, of course, I'm always glad to help the law. Well, all right, then. What do you know about this law? Well, as I said, I really don't know very much. I'm making a trunk for him. You know why? I think the guy is a nut. What do you mean? Well, he wants a trunk that's padded inside and has a small seat in it. What? Yes, and it's to have a false top that can be opened from the inside after the trunk has been locked. Now, what the devil's all that for? Well, he says he's going to do a whole jimmy act on the stage. I tell you, I think he's shocked. Well, it sure enough sounds daggy to me. But don't forget that note that Bannigan was a mastermind burglar. <laughs> I'm beginning to like the looks of this case. But it doesn't make any sense to you. That's why I'm beginning to like it. I think maybe there is something here. And it starts making no sense, you're just around the corner from the answer. And you boys go on out that guy's tail and don't lose sight of him. Day or night. You may be surprised what we find out about him. I followed him upstairs. He went into room 12. Had a key to it. Now, what do you suppose that guy's up to? With a swell apartment on the old Capitan and a room in a dump like this out on South Flower Street. Well, we've got to see what the landlady knows about it. Okay. Here's the apartment around here. It's bad. Apartment around here. It's bad. Tenant here by the name of Gabro. Yes. He's in number 12, isn't he? Yes. What do you know about him? Who wants to know? Well, now let's not get in an argument, lady. We're merely asking some questions. Hey, you look like cops to me. Well, even if we are, we won't get you in any trouble. Well, can I depend on that? You can. Well, I, I don't know nothing about Mr. Gabro, except that he pays his rent in advance and. He hasn't slept in his bed since he took the room. Oh, hasn't slept in his bed, eh? Oh, that don't bother me none. If you don't sleep in it, I don't have to make it. How long have you had the room? About ten days. Can I look here? I don't want you to go make no trouble for him. If all my rumors are tired of you, Well, to me, boys, though that fire speaks fun is our friend's hideout and center of operations. I'm beginning to agree with you, Steve. It makes so little sense, there must be something to it. Well, we'll find out soon enough. Birds, go back there, rent the room next to his, install a ditch of gas in it, and stay down on it. I'll put another man on the outside to shadow him whenever he leaves the place. Okay, Chief. With a man constantly at the dictograph, and another constantly shadowing that row when he leaves the room in house, the suspect is always under Miss Harris' surveillance. A few days later, Gavreau was seen scraping up in the presence of a boy about 19 in Westlake Park. He was followed to the flower seat room, and once certain that Gavreau had gone to his room, 
the head of officers joined his partner at the pictograph. You just came in? Yeah, I know it. I've been doing it. Picked up a young kid up in the park there, both in there now. Put on those earphones as soon as they came. I couldn't get close enough to him in the park. Valuables worth a lot of money in this house. 
then when that's done, there's nothing left for you.
Give the fellow the creep, knowing that bandits were around. Uh, how long is the right... Uh, how long is the right thing? I'll let you know. Now, don't worry about that. Hmm, kind of nervous about it, but... How long is it to say so? I'm sure you do it that way. Thanks a lot. Don't worry. <laughs> The plans were carefully laid, and in a suitable net was thrown around the cinema land story building. A dozen public operators on the basis of the spot in the neighborhood. From the second floor of a small building across the street, two men watched night and day. From the cab of a milk wagon parked down the street, two more men seemed to have been unloading and unloading crates of milk, keeping a laid eye on all passers by. Meanwhile, in the office of Miss Harris. Look. If you let this story leak out to a rival journal, I'll nail your skin to a fence. Don't forget that you promised me a soup on it. I'm not forgetting that. I can't give you anything more than I already have until they make a move. When they do, you're in on it. Yes? Oh, I send them in. Yes, sir. What's up? Nothing to do your rag any good. You old news host. Just Herman Klein and Ed Cato from Central. I sent for them. Well, I guess I might as well leave you to talk to them. Let me know when things begin popping. Come in. Oh, hello, boys. Hey. You know West Bar, don't you? Sure. How are you, Herman? Ed? Hello, oh, West. Might know we'd find you here if there was something broken. <laughs> Sit down, boys. I thought you might be interested to know that we'll set down a little trunk genius to pull the act any minute now. Good. I was going to think maybe you can run up the wrong alley or something. No. We're in the right alley. It's just been a matter of waiting. But it looks as though we're uh, just about to go, finally. Uh, yes? I've heard of one place, Chief. The boy just locked himself in the trunk. Get a supervisor in the loading. You're going to attack now. Good. Stay with that trunk. Don't lose it no matter what happens. I'll head to the storage building at once. Right. Well, that's what we've been waiting for, boys. How about it, Wes? You still leaving, or do you want to go along? What a question to ask me. Come on. Picking up a newspaper cameraman on the way, Hubbard, Pico, Klein, and Barr rolled out Sunset Boulevard to the warehouse. A block from the destination, they see a delivery truck pull up to the entrance of the building. Two men jump out and let down the back seat. Better choose by and get a good look at him, Arvin. When you get to the other corner, pull around at some parts. I'll see you. Okay, Arvin. Come around here and stop. Bar, you and I have better cut across this lot. Arvin, you and Cato walk up the other side of the street. We'll let him get the trunk inside and pick up the grip. Two other things. Arvin, you and Cato walk up the other side of the street. We'll let him get the trunk inside and pick up the grid. Okay, Nick. Come on, Ed. Okay, Nick. Come on, Ed. Okay, Nick. Come
Mr. Kid doesn't get wise and take it on the lamb. So far, he doesn't seem to get wise and take it on the lamb. So far, he doesn't seem to have even noticed it. All wrapped up in his work. Yeah. Hold it a minute. Try to figure out a something. Try to figure out a something. I didn't want to give her something. I didn't want to get there until they got that punk inside. Okay. Got that punk inside. Okay. Seven? Five. Okay. Seven? I want to get there until they got that punk in. Oh, I noticed it. Oh, wrapped up in his work. Yeah. Hold it a minute. Try to figure out something. I didn't want to get there until they got that punk inside. Okay. Seven? Okay. Already? Let it go. 
All right, Gabo. You might as well come out of there. He's going to play tough. Come on, George. Open up. Are you coming out or will do we bust this trunk a bit and pull you out? Maybe he's smothered to death. No, I don't think so. Gabo, I'll give you just one more chance to do your hoodie and come out of there. If you don't, we're going to smash that trunk a bit and you hit him. Look, there's a whole piece of the trunk lifting up. Come on out, Gabo, and keep your horns and come. No, we're not shooting, Gabo. That was a flashlight picture. Now, stay where you are, you won't get hurt. And you look at that trunk. It's falling all apart. Put the cuffs on you, boys. Right. Come on, Houdini. There's something for you to play with. See what you can do with them. How'd you know I was in here? You've known all about you for quite a while, Gabriel. But how? No one knew but the kid and I. No one can know all about it when they get to the station, George. And they got you two kids. Yeah. Still get me. Oh, that's too bad. I still don't see why it didn't work. All right, Herman. Suppose you were there breaking down and broke them while we looked through this trunk. I'm going to make a thorough examination of it. Right. Come on, you two. You can take a little ride. I can't see why it didn't work. How could it be Oh, well, look at all this stuff in there with us. to pass the time away, bandages and eye down in case of injury, a complete set of business tools, well, food, water. This is kind of a completely furnished house. Did you get a picture of the last night? Sure, didn't you see that guy not to cut the pieces when I cut that flat powder off? That's right. I'd almost forgotten it in the excitement. That was what scared the boy, though. He thought he'd been killed. Guys, <laughs> well, for a minute. Uh, you ought to be more careful with your plans, Jones, man. Because the girl would come out shooting. Which reminds me, that's the one thing he hasn't got in this trunk. A gun. You're right. I guess he just figured it was a foolproof scheme and he wouldn't need one. He had just about everything figured by that. <laughs> Gabriel and the boy are held on charges of attempted burglary when the day arrives for the trial. The case of George Gabriel and Trouver versus the state. Are the defendants present? Gabriel is here, Your Honor, but I don't see the other defendant, Mr. Silver. Uh, perhaps Mr. Uh, Harris knows. He's supposed to be here, Your Honor. If the court pleases to take a short recess, I'll go over to jail and see what's detaining him. We will take a short recess. Across the bridge of size goes Miss Harris to the old county jail, scrutinizing the prisoners he passes, looking for the strangely absent Silver. A friend who leads the detective to Silver's cell, where the boy is lying on his cot. Silver. Silver. Get up. He was supposed to be in court a half hour ago. Better open the cell, thank you. It's like he's trying to pull a fast one. Yes, Come on, Silver. There's no use trying to get out of this. He's got to move. Turn him over. Poor kid. Couldn't stand the door. Looks like it was heart trouble. Well, he's better off this way, I guess. Just goes to show, thank you, that there's no way you can beat the law and win. So Ed Silver beats the rap by the surest way, death. Gavro, so-called mastermind version, is sentenced to the maximum term prescribed by law. 
for the crime of attempted burglary, and after serving his sentence was deported from this country as an undesirable alien. And so ends the story of one of the most ingenious plots I have ever run into. Had it not been for that mysterious letter, Gavreau might have been able to carry out his scheme and even now be living off the thousands of dollars of loot. But fortunately for a great many people, such was not the case. And as the result of our discovery, trunks left in storage are thoroughly inspected before being allowed to be placed in warehouse or bank vault. Thus, my advice to anyone who might wish to try this scheme is, it might have worked once, but it won't work now. You can't commit crime and get away with it.